You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Chiefs returned to the practice field on Thursday. We heard from offensive coordinator Matt Nagy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, as well as defensive line coach Joe Cullen, defensive backs coach Dave Merritt, offensive line coach Andy Heck, and linebackers coach Brendan Daly. We'll go in that order, starting with Matt Nagy, followed by Steve Spagnolo, then Joe Cullen. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Dave Merritt, Andy Heck, and Brendan Daly. Here's the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Dylan. Yeah. All right. Far away. Yeah. There. I don't know if there's necessarily uh, a specific method other than just knowing you have depth. All those guys, they bring a little bit of different talent to to that position. Um, obviously, with McKinnon, his he's been in the league a little while. Uh, he's very smooth. You saw what he could do the last couple of years here and last year in the screen game and what he did the last, you know, end of the Super Bowl to get down when he did. And um, the rest of those guys, I mean, with, with Pacheco coming in as a young guy, still learning, eager, energy, juice, um, and, and Clyde, you know. I mean, it's he's he's had a really good training camp. He's been great in the room. He's been great out there when given opportunities. And so we feel really good with all three. With Rasheed Rice, yeah, I think he's second or third to target so far. Just just his development and how you've been getting him to the point where he has been targeted so much and just the trust level he has with Patrick. Yeah, I think time's been great for him, uh, meaning that the more time he has, uh, the more confidence he gets you know, in himself with practice, with the timing with, with Pat. Um, and then he's able to show what he can do to us as coaches. You know, there's a trust factor to that, and he comes in, and I remember specifically in OTAs when he got here, um, it just felt like he was drinking water out of a fire hydrant with just so much volume, even in OTAs. To where he's at now, you can see and feel the confidence that he has breaking the huddle, getting lined up at the line of scrimmage. And so that's great for us because he's ultra-talented. He has a lot of, a lot of great skills, and we want to be able to use him and, and watch him continue to grow. Let's compare him to Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. as far as what he brought to the table. Do you see that and in, in, in what way? I do. Now, I wasn't here with Sammy other than just seeing him on tape and just seeing what type of explosive player he was uh, and is. And I can see that. You know, there's there's a, a nice size factor with Rasheed. He's big. I know Sammy was big, but yet explosive. And so strong hands. You saw it the other day, those two catches down in the red zone. He caught that football, and he just bursted, you know, through for an extra five or six yards. And, um, I think the biggest thing with him is just going to be that confidence of learning the system um, and then us learning who he is and trying to match those two together with him. Now, this league can be such a copycat league in a lot of ways, but it, no one has seemed to really copycat this you know, Eagles quarterback sneak push thing. Uh, why do you think that is that people aren't trying to do exactly the way they do it? Well, you see some teams that are, but then you see others that aren't. I think there's different reasons that go into it. Um, there is a technique to it when you watch the Eagles do it, uh, even when you know it's coming. 
those guys get super low and they do things off of it. So there's time invested in that. And, and so I think for teams that want to do it um, and for the Eagles, they've been able to be great at it and be very successful. And I think it's just probably a little bit of each your own, but that's not something where you just line up and say, Oh, Hey, everybody just push forward and try to get the first. There's a lot of technique and detail and practice that goes into it. Is it a good position to be in? Because after the game, a lot of the guys still said there's a lot they had to work on, even though you come off of a game that's 41-10, you wouldn't think that. But is it a good position to be in that there still is things you can work on, like maybe some short yardage situations and some other things that you're... you're, you're there, there is. And that uh, I remember last week we talked a little bit about, hey, you know, where are you guys at offensively? Um, and, and one of the things I, I discussed was just creating that identity of who we are and trying to figure out between weeks one and four, then five through eight, and then you get halfway through the season, you start to realize where guys are and what they do, is always building that identity. Um, each year and every year is going to be different. And I think we've been able to kind of um, make sure that we emphasize where we've struggled in years past and or this year, how to get better at it, know that defenses are always going to try to you know, you get early in the season, you're going to see some unscouted looks, and teams are going to throw some things at you that uh, you got to be able to adjust to. Coach, did you notice a difference in Travis Kelsey last Sunday? Last Sunday, a difference? No. Um, Travis is a unique individual. I've had the luxury of being with him from his rookie year, um, most of his career, other than the years I was gone. But, um, you know, he's he uh, – when he's out there at practice, when he's in the games, that rapport he has with Pat, I think everything has been, you know, for him, kind of who he who he is. And I, I personally didn't notice anything different. He had a superstar cheering for him. Personally. He did. He kept looking up in the box on different shots. So you didn't notice he's a little smiling more, a little happiness. <laughs> it doesn't shock me uh, at all. Um, doesn't surprise me. But I personally didn't notice that. Uh, maybe I should have, but. He, uh, I know when he scored that touchdown, he seemed very excited. Pat was excited, and um, it's always probably a pretty good thing when you score a touchdown and you have people there that are watching that you want to watch. Matt, um, the connection between Travis and, and Patrick, just wondering from like, your years of dealing with quarterbacks and wide receivers, how difficult that is to attain. It's hard because you're talking about two guys that have the instincts that not many people have. Um, but I will say too, uh, you know, in in this isn't this past week isn't the first time, obviously, where they've done some things within a route that has been a little bit unscripted. Uh, that's been going on for years and years, and we there's a balance because sometimes when you're watching tape with these rookies or guys that come in, um, well, why did Kelsey do that or do this? Well, he he has an innate ability to recognize defenses. I mean, it's on another level. What's crazier is the fact that Pat knows it too without them you know there's sometimes we don't even practice it they just do it so when you have that and you incorporate that into your scheme of what you do there's a lot of trust as coaches that they're going to do that but you also need to make sure that the other players understand that that's what that is there's some stuff in there dna wise between those two guys that a lot of people don't have they have that connection so how would like one of these rookie or you know less experienced wide receivers even if it takes years like what would be the process of getting um, over time, studying defenses, again, I remember when Kels came in his rookie year and his second year, and then as he grew into his third year, um, you, you kind of put your own spin on the, how you run certain specific routes. So everybody's a little bit different talent-wise what they have. Trav just has 
that uniqueness of the, the speed, the savviness, the hands, um, the, the high football IQ, when you put it all together, I mean, he's obviously a first ballot Hall of Fame tight end. Yeah, did it help him that he was once quarterback? Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot to that, Adam. I think for sure. Um, all these guys, even guys like McKinnon, and anybody that has played the quarterback position, they usually have a feel um, in, in that kind of stuff. And then you take his size, talent, everything else, and throw it all together, and it works pretty well. Coach Reed, is that a like you better score type of type of situation? Um, you better score more often than not, and there better be something bad that does not come from it. You know, one of those deals. And those guys are smart enough to understand that. Matt, Matt, Matt Justin Reed, I mean, Justin Watson has um, has played pretty well this first mm-hmm. couple few weeks. Do you feel like he's not getting the recognition that he deserves, or is it better he just kind of flies under the radar? Um, I don't think he's looking for a recognition at all. I just I remember him coming in last year and just wanting to just soak up the offense terminology, what we do. And now he's having opportunities and he doesn't get tired in practice. He doesn't get tired in games. His motor's going nonstop. And I think there's a there's a trust um, that's being built between him and Patrick right now. And that's great. And so um, we want to keep building on that. We need that. And Justin um, has done a great job in meetings, which extends to the practices. Two more. Todd, Nick. I just we should probably ask you something about the Jets. You guys are playing the Jets this week. Mm-hmm. There's so much attention on their quarterback position and all things that's happened there. But their defense was highly thought of coming in. Just what is the challenge going to be like for you guys against this bunch? It's a big-time challenge. I mean, when you watch the tape on this defense, um, there's they don't do a whole lot. There's some defenses that do a lot. Um, this is not one of those defenses. But what this defense does is they, they play um, – very, very hard. They're physical. This is one of those ones that you hear the cliche going back in a dark alley. It's going to be a fist fight. I mean, these guys are good. Um, they're not just good on the front level. They're not just good on the second level. And they're not just good in the third level. They're good in all three. They're well coached. And, um, you know, we have our hands full, but we, we are excited for that opportunity. Um, but this isn't something with this defense that is just once every couple weeks. This is every week they produce and they stress an offense. So um, we understand that. We know that ball security's got to be big, and we got to make sure that uh, uh, we have a, a, a great week, continue to have a great week of practice. But that respect level for that defense is real. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, uh, Matt, from your times in Chicago, I know it's not happening this week, but from your times in Chicago, what were those weeks like going up when you were getting preparing for Rodgers and having to go against him from an <laughs> offensive perspective? Yeah, um, it wasn't fun. Uh, it was always a, a challenge because he's such a such an amazing quarterback. Uh, just the, the things that he did was is special. It's unfortunate to see what happened to him, but um, you know it, it's 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 a part of this business, and you hate to see it for the game. You, you hate to see it for him. You have, I have so much respect for him. So, um, but we'll we'll see. You know, we got to go there and play our game. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, nice All right, you. take care. Yep, see you. Morning. How's everybody doing? A nice day out there today, huh? Be good to get back out and practice. Uh, we're on to the next challenge, Sunday night Jets, and with that, I'll just open it up. Cut, what's the most impressive uh, start for you with the defense? You're number six right now in the league. Yeah, um, listen, I'm always focused on, it's like I told the guys, I've just been focused on the, one of the themes we have. I've mentioned this before, chase perfection, rely on relentless. And I told the guys the other night, uh, I think it might have been Saturday night before the game, that of all the groups that we've had here in the five years we've been preaching that, I think this group has adopted it better than any. Um, I think it's the thread of what we do right now. And 
you know, usually when you're playing good defense, it's because your guys are f flying all over the place, and that's what we've been doing. How much of that, that do you attribute to? We know the coaching part after, but the fact that she had a lot of young players that had to yeah. learn it. Uh, just to recoming into it, so yep. they had to learn it and retain it, and now going to YouTube. Yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more uh, natural for them now. And you, when you bring up Justin Reed, I think he's a key to that as anything. You know, he got plugged in as a, comes in as a free agent. He gets plugged in right away, and yet doesn't know, you know, the system. So now that he does, he and he's a confident player. And when he knows something and he's confident, he's vocal with it, and that's what he is now. And I think that brings. That along with Nick being, you know, third year in the system, you know, Brian Cook, those are the signal callers, communicators back there, and they're pretty fast with it, so it works out good. Steve, I know the goal was to win the game on Sunday against the Bears, like it always is. But yeah. You had a chance for a shutout yeah. at one point. I mean, what would that have meant to you, to your staff, to players, to, to be able to get one? I'm, listen, I think every defensive player coach in this league would tell you that that's something special. It's hard to do. It doesn't happen very often. Um, I've had very few in my career. It would have been nice to have, but the ultimate goal is to win it. And, um, you know, when we had the sudden change and the ball was at the 30 or whatever it was, I felt I was just as proud of the fact that we forced them to kick a field goal because that was our job at that particular point. The extra would have been finding a way to get a turnover and <laughs> taking it to the house or something, but that didn't happen. And then, you know, sometimes obviously when the game gets out of hand and you're trying to protect players from injury, things change a little bit. But. You, you told your guys you wanted them to be greedy at halftime. Yeah. Can you elaborate on what you meant by that? Yeah, well, where I was going with it is sometimes when you get ahead like that, we're all human, right? Uh, and the players are human. And sometimes you chase stats. And so you, you start to do things that you're really not supposed to. So, But I did want them to continue to be greedy and continue to play like they were playing. So I wanted it to be a unit greediness. In other words, kind of what you were talking about. I mean, I wanted to be greedy about getting a shutout or not. Letting them score or get in the end zone, so that was the that was the gist of it. You had roster spot open up, and you, you chose to get Matt Dickerson onto the fifty-three. Just how have you seen him work and kind of earn that? Yeah. As time's gonna... Well, I mean, obviously we think highly of him. The first two games we elevated him, and you know, I thought you know when we looked forward when we had Matt here, we thought this might happen, uh, and it did. Uh, I think you know Brett saw a chance in the roster with an injury to make a move, and I think Matt's deserving of it. And we'll see where we are by the end of the week to see who's elevated and who's not, or who's uh, active and who's not. Well, the main thing is it's allowed um, LJ to stay outside and match. You know, we've done that a little bit in certain packages with their quote-unquote number one receiver, so that's helpful. And, you know, we talk about how versatile LJ is. I mean, Trent just as versatile, being able to go inside and outside. So I think we talked about that last week, that as many guys as we can have playing different positions, I think that helps us. Hey, Coach, when you're playing a team like the Jets, who've had the situation with their quarterback, build it all around Aaron and then Aaron's not there and have a backup come in, how do, how do you prepare for that? I mean, you're talking about being greedy when you have a big lead, but when you're coming in with a team that offensively is in a little disarray, yeah. What is the approach to face the Jets? Well, I can tell you this, that the, the thing that we led off with in yesterday's meeting was that anybody in this league can beat anybody. Any unit can make another unit look bad. I mean, all you got to do is look around the league and see what happened in some of the games this past week, and the expectations are for this team to do that, and it doesn't happen because they're pros too. They're, I mean, they're in the NFL play. I'm talking about the offensive players for the Jets because they're all good players. Um, what we got to make sure is that, 
doesn't piece together and it makes us look bad. Um, so that, that was really the first message. And then let's go about finding out who they are, what they are, what they do, and find a way to slow it down. You know, last week, uh, you, you know, Chris came in and without camp and played quite a bit his first game. He played a little bit less this last week, maybe got a little tweak or something like that. that it's something you guys were a little bit worried about being in football shape. How is he this week, and is, is he... Uh, yeah, no, he's been down. I think the, I think it was 16 or 18 snaps, whatever it was, for Chris, and that was really more an, an indication of the score. It got into the third quarter, and I think Coach Reed and I, you know, we wanted to protect one of our top players, and then slowly we got some of those other guys out too. Um, some of the other guys didn't play as many reps either, that, and that's kind of a good thing. I mean, totally, I think we had 53 as a defense. I like to play 53 plays every week because that's down the road that's helpful. I, you know, I, you'd have to ask Chris where he thinks he is in terms of conditioning and all that. There hasn't been a moment in the game where we felt he's been winded. I think Joe's done a good job, you know, navigating that. And we'll just keep uh, him and uh, Chris and I talked the other day. I mean, hopefully we get to the point where he's playing the 50, 55 plays like he was last year. But um, a little bit of a blessing that the game went the way it did last week. And, we could do that. Steve, with Drew, Tranquil, with Drew Tranquil just being able to insert him and his knowledge yeah. that he's picked up so well, how has that allowed you to still kind of keep doing what you're doing? Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, I mean, I think the players would say the same thing. I didn't feel like we skipped a beat. Um, and listen, we know how valuable Nick is and what he does and how he controls it, but I thought Drew went, out, went in there and did an outstanding job. We didn't, I don't recall that we paired anything back because of it. That's the kind of confidence we had in Drew. And we certainly won't do that this week. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to operate the same way. Steve, uh, Trent talked post game, and he said that you guys preach my job less. What do you uh, want to get out of guys with that? Well, um, I've had to lately say, listen, it's just my job first, because <laughs> they try to do a little bit more. But that's just kind of a. Yeah, way better. You hear everybody saying about do your job, do your job. That, that's been some mantra. I just felt like I, I turned it around at one point and made it a personal, prideful thing. Hey, I'm going to do my job, plus if I can, a little bit more. You know, I'll help my buddy. A good example is like a defensive end is a five technique on a stretch play. When he sets the edge like he's supposed to, but then he comes back inside and makes the tackle on a back, that's a my job plus. He did his job, got the ball turned back, and he fell back in and helped somebody else. Steve, from more of a football fan perspective, what kind of a bummer is it to where Aaron Rodgers and Patrick aren't going to duel against each other, even though this is kind of like that third opportunity? I know job-wise, <laughs> From my standpoint? <laughs> not sure how to answer that. Um, I mean, from a football fan perspective. Well, yeah, I listen, I, end, I understand why it's a originally was scheduled as a Sunday night game. Um, it's all about the quarterbacks in this league, right? Um, we just want to make sure it's not all about the Jets quarterback this week. That's our job is to make sure that doesn't happen. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure what else to say about that. Thanks, everybody. That it? Okay, you got it. That it? Ready to go? Well, first of all, appreciate everyone be here, being here. It's a great day and uh, getting ready for a practice to go take on those Jets in New York. And I'll tell you, uh, they get some weapons over there. They're running game, both of their backs, Cook and Hall. They're as good as they get. I think Hall averages 5.9 a carry since he's been in the league. And he, he, can, he can do it all. He can break away. He can run you over. And Cook's been a perennial pro bowl of 41 career touchdowns, four-time 1,000-yard runner. So we have our hands full there. And then when you look at the perimeter, the other Wilson, the wide receiver, he can, he can break it away on, on any play. And then uh, Zach, I mean, he can do it. I mean, 
He can make every throw. I'm sure Coach Spag said that. We have our hands full up front trying to contain him. He's a really good scrambler. And I know Coach Sal is going to have that team ready to roll. And uh, so with that, uh, I'll leave, leave open it up for questions. Brees Hall's coming off a, a tough injury, right? He's already come back and, and looked really good. Have you seen anything different from him this year than you saw before the injury? I'll tell you what, he broke, you know, against the Buffalo Bills, who have a really good front, good – they had 172 yards rushing. He, he broke a couple long ones, and, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things that an injury like that takes time, and he's getting stronger and stronger as the, as the games have gone on. Now, what have you seen when you watch George Karloffis on film this year? I tell you, George is uh, – he's, uh, he's another year in the system. He knows he, – he, he does a great job studying – and he knows what to do, and, and pre-snap wise, he's ready to go. He has a he has an awareness to him, and he's playing with instincts this year. And I tell you, he's he's playing relentless, and he's doing a good job rushing the passer as well as playing the run. A couple weeks of Chris Jones back, just kind of what you expected when, when he returned here in these these looks. Absolutely, and when when Chris came back, you know we stayed in great touch with Chris, but Chris is going to come back in great shape, and that's what he did. And, uh, you know, the thing that was evident in the Jacksonville game, I have friends down there because I came from there, and I, I guess the, the weather was 100, and they said 117, whatever it was, on the, on the field. But the, the thing that stuck out the most is the last, second to last play of the game on defense, Chris had the sack with Felix, but that rush looked stronger than the first sack he had earlier in the game. And so that, that, that means he was in pretty good shape as it was. And, and he's, you know, he's going through everything and working through everything, and, Last week, his snap count was down a little once the game got out of hand. So, I mean, he's he's uh, he's he's worn back, ready to roll. He's not strictly one of your guys, but Leo has talked about how he's worked a lot with you and Terry over the last year, as far as being more on ball and maybe playing an overhang position as a, as a pass rusher. How's well, he, how's he kind of emerging? I tell you, Leo's. <laughs> we call him the beast for a reason. No, uh, Coach Spags has done a tremendous job getting opportunities for guys in certain packages when they show that, that A, they love football, and B, they're going to do what they're supposed to do. And, and Leo's doing a great job. He's, he's playing the middle it's in, 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 in the, in the uh, Buffalo package, playing the edge in our base package, and he's playing a little end in certain situations, and he's doing a great job, doing a great job in the run game. He studies the game, and he's powerful and doing a great job in terms of getting after the quarterback as well. You know, when when, Joe, when you're facing a rushing attack like that with the Jets, um, what are you having to try to tell them to set from a tempo perspective when you're going against that run, rushing attack in the play action off? Well, I'll tell you what now, that's a great question. I mean, first of all, I mean, Coach Hackett, Coach Carter, the offensive line coach, he was at Tennessee for years and they had great rushing attacks, but they got two excellent backs and they got a real physical offensive line. So I told our guys, expect 35 runs. And then the play action off of it. So you're going to do a great job. We, we got to try to do our best to get them in those third and long situations. You don't want to have them in third and two and third and three all game. And that, that makes life easier for the quarterback. You want to have to get them behind the sticks to say. But we got our hands full. They do a lot of great things scheme-wise. And both the backs can take it to the house on any run. What kind of progress has uh, Mike Dana made this year? Oh, jeez, Mike. I say this always, and, you know, it's my second year with Mike, and Mike did a great job uh, since the day he's got here. But uh, Mike's one of those guys that I've had some guys over the years that everything they do, he's doing it right. Coach Spags has a certain defense or a technique that he wants the ends to do. Mike's doing it right and doing it to, as hard as he can do it and doing it that way all the time.
And I always tell the D-line, I don't want a box of chocolates. Okay, I want to know what you know what you're getting in Mike Dana. And he's not just a guy that he's 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 a heck of a football player. And he's tough, he's physical. He, we move him inside. He plays all four positions across the front. And Mike Dana's going that way. Thanks, Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Doing well. How are you? Let me ask you a little bit about Trent. Mm-hmm. Um, as you watch him come through and get to play more this year because he, he's not hurt right now, mm-hmm. he seems like such a willing tackler in the run game as a smaller guy. Where does that come from and uh, how appreciative are you of that? Uh, his parents, obviously, and his probably peewee coach up through high school as well as college. Uh, one of the things that we do every Wednesday, we go over to the sled and we hit the sled. It's like a five-man sled. And I stand behind the sled. And as you're hitting the sled, you can actually, as a coach, feel um, the striking thrust of a player and, and how much power he has coming out of his, his thighs and his hips going through his core. And Trent and I've been saying this for two years, every time he hits the sled, I'm surprised at how heavy-handed he is. It's not Leo Chanel, but um, at the same time, this young man is explosive coming out of his hips. And so the willingness to tackle, just as you said, is very important, and he's been doing it from day one, and he understands the run fits, and you just try to make it simple for him as far as find out where your linemen are and go to the gap where you don't see the big wide body that's there. And he's done a great job of understanding fits. Most coaches don't exactly love PFF pro football focus, but he's the highest graded cornerback in the league. Do you see that in him? I, I did not know that, and I see that and more. I mean, Trent right now is playing at a very high level. Um, the young man, he studies. He's probably one of the smartest um, DBs that I've come across at this age. Um, as far as going into his second year. And so um, the PFF and, and all the rankings that they have, they obviously have been watching the film because he's been playing some good football for us, and we need that. What's impressed you most when you're rewatching him? Uh, what's impressed me most is his patience. His patience at the line of scrimmage, his ability to switch up techniques. Um, he plays three different press techniques, and he's able to – um, perform all three of them at different times, and so. But his patience, patience, and his ability to be able to execute the techniques that we're asking him to execute has been phenomenal. Dave, with a receiver like Garrett Wilson, what do you have that's on the secondary that they need to be mindful of with them and keep eye on? His releases. This young man is very quick laterally, and he can get into his vertical route 
instantly and suddenly. And so his releases. And so how do you negate speed? How do you stop speed? Somehow, some way, you have to stop it at the line of scrimmage from getting vertical. And so, but with the young man, his talent, I mean, you know, he came out of, of course, college um, as a great player. And so he's actually showing that even right now. The catch that he made down in the red zone on the sideline, my gosh, you know, you're talking. I've been around some good ones in New York um, from Amani Toomer to Plexico Burrs to the young Odell Beckham. But his concentration and his ability to be able to get in and out of breaks is very, very good for those guys. And um, we're going to try to do our best to make sure that we eliminate the vertical release. And with One your, more. Sorry. And with, with your secondary there, what do you have to kind of talk with them to be part of the run game, be physical, but at the same That's time right. not bite toward the overtime? That's right. So um, there's a progression that we take um, within each one of our defensive calls, whether it's man-to-man or whether it is zone. And so the progression, there are some keys. And one of the main things that I talk about is alignment, technique, keys, and assignment. You know, I call it ACA. So your alignment on a man, your keys, meaning where your eyes are going to be, your assignment versus run and pass, and then what technique are we asking you to perform. And so within each defense, if my players are not able to spit back what their alignment is, what their technique is, and where their eyes are supposed to be, and then, um, you know, then execution, then I failed as a coach. And so with these guys being able to play the run in man-to-man coverage as well as zone, um, I've been very impressed. And with such a young room in the second year, and these guys are steady just continually just to get a little better each and every week. You know, that Stanford um, education is, is, is coming into play because this man's ability to be able to recall information, um, almost a photographic memory as well, um, his ability to be able to go out and understand what was given to him two, three weeks ago and recall that and execute what we're asking them to do has been phenomenal. And so he's taken the steps that I would hope that he would take. And so with him going forward and with him playing free, he's playing so many different positions. He's playing free safety. He goes on and he plays dime linebacker. Um, so he's just moving around all the time. Um, he, he has done an excellent job with bringing the other guys along with him and knowing the checks before they happen. And as a safety, if you can know what's going to happen, not only versus a static formation, but then when they move right and left and what are we going to, you need that. That becomes a coach on the field, and that's what Justin has done for us, and he's doing a great job. Thanks, Evan. Thank you. How easy or difficult is it for him at this point in his career to try to change some of the things that he's – his way of doing things? Right. Um, well, I imagine it's pretty difficult. I mean, we're working at it. He's working at it. Um, he's like you say, he's used to doing something a certain way, and you know, you get a picture in your brain of uh, what has worked. I'm, I'm sitting here, sitting on a guy. I'm looking at him at this angle, and then changing that uh, puts you in a um, out of your comfort zone. So, you know, that's what he's working on. Getting comfortable in an uncomfortable position. Yeah, no, he's had a penalty problem over the years in Jacksonville. Um, did you guys feel like it was going to be a, a little bit of a process when you got in here? Um, you, 
I wasn't so aware of his uh, penalty problem in Jacksonville, well, but we could see it in training camp. Hey, man, uh, move up a little bit. And for me, uh, as an O-line coach, um, I feel like it'll help you. You know, when you when you set so deep, uh, you actually create space um, that defenders want to get into. And so, you know, I approached it from that standpoint. If you move up, it's going to help you. You know, I always like to say, hey, let's make the guy go the long way and not give him the short way. Coach Reed has been forthcoming and kind of saying that he, he feels Taylor Smith being picked on a, a little bit. Have you ever been part of, of one of these situations wondering how unique it is to maybe feel like uh, officials are targeting a certain player for what they're doing? No. So, and so with how unique it is, I guess just how do you kind of coach up a player without maybe changing the things he does do well too much in, in that regard? Uh, the reason I hesitate is because I'm I'm not I don't really my mind doesn't go to the external what's being said or but more just focused on <clears throat> the player and uh, it's not a difficult coaching point move up um, so oh yes. Coach, there's been a lot of uh, discussion in the league about the, the quarterback sneak, the way that the Eagles do it, the, the push from behind and all that work. Um, other teams don't seem to try it that way. It, when you guys have seen this, you guys prepared for them, you watched them. I know you were watching the defensive side, getting ready for the Super Bowl. Why do you think other teams haven't maybe tried to do it the same way they do it? Uh, probably because like myself, they're not convinced that the push uh, is what makes that play go. Um, what makes it go are the interior three uh, players, well, really the whole line, getting low and rooting those guys out. The push, uh, to me, is inconsequential. Others may feel the same. And is it, um, I know around here, Patrick hurt his knee, and there's not going to be quarterback sneaks, but um, do you eventually see? I mean, there might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you have your your guys? I mean, there's so much pass protection the way you guys run in the shotgun so much. Do the guys you have, they have the capability of, of doing those type of sneak plays. Capability, sure. Uh, is it their strength? I don't know. Uh, I'm not convinced of that necessarily. One more. One issue about the other side of the line and, and Donovan Smith. Yeah. New player for you this year, just how have you seen him kind of grow as these, these past couple weeks? Uh, you know, Donovan's been around. He's such an experienced player. He's been in um, other systems, I mean, albeit with one team. Um, and so every day there's a, in these, you know, thousands of details within this offense, there's something else that sticks. And uh, so that's what I've seen. Yeah. Last one, Nick. Yeah, when you look at that front seven of the Jets defense, kind of what do you see from them? What do you guys kind of have to be aware of with them? Uh, they're very good players. You start there, and then they're hard chargers. I mean, these guys are uh, screeching off the ball, vertical edge setting. Uh, they play with tenacious effort. Uh, so that jumps off the tape at you. They're sound. They know what they're doing. They play a relatively simple scheme, um, and I think that that's one of the reasons they play so fast. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Yep. How you guys doing? Good. Good. Fire. Start off with um, maybe this just last week. You, you didn't have Nick, right? And Drew jumped right in, and it yeah. didn't look like there was any bumps in the road or anything. I know that's what you wanted out of him. 
when you got him, but you haven't had him for very long. How, how did that come about, and how much credit did, does he get, and you guys get for getting ready? I thought he did a great job. Um, you know, he has been working since the day he got here, uh, but he's been doing a lot of different things. He's uh, kind of learned multiple roles. Um, you know, the situation came up with Nick, and uh, he was ready to go. He works his tail off. It's very important to him. He cares a lot about getting it right, so to speak. Um, I would say he did an excellent job. Um, the communication on the field was really good. He got us in and out of a couple of checks. Um, managed the game well. It wasn't perfect. There were a couple of things that I think, you know, even he would tell you he'd like to, to fix or correct. But um, based on what he had on his plate, I thought he did a really nice job. I asked you about a, a lineman <clears throat> on draft night. I just remember you being so excited about Mike Dana and his potential. Just, I know it's not your room anymore, but like, how much yeah. have you seen kind of what you were thinking that, that evening about his growth? Yeah, that guy's been fun to watch. Um, I mean, he's just... I, the type of person he is first, and then, you know, he just, he grinds, and he's gotten better, he's gotten extremely versatile, um, he works, he's uh, accountable, dependable, smart, tough, consistent, like, keep throwing those adjectives out, and, and that fits Mike Dana. Um, every football team should have a guy like him. They'd be lucky to. I was just to say, um, with Leo moving around, especially does whose jurisdiction does he fall under now? When he he lights up, but you know he's on the line, he's playing outside, inside. Just talk about his overall versatility this year. Yeah, it's been really good, um, and I think that's something that we saw a little bit of, you know, in the draft process coming out of Wisconsin. Although he wasn't quite used in some of those ways, but you thought there may be some potential for that. Um, he's proven to be capable in a lot of those different roles, and both mentally and physically. I would say, you know, a year ago. Rookie trying to get his feet underneath of him, learning multiple spots was probably not ideal for his growth. Um, we're in year two now, and I would say he's evolved tremendously from a mental standpoint to where he's able to handle multiples. He's able to do different packages and different roles um, that kind of allows to use his skill set a little bit differently. Um, and, you know, he's done a very nice job when we've put him in those positions. So, um, you know, we'll see. You know, moving forward, that may evolve week to week, you know, in terms of, you know, how much, how little, you know, where that ends up going. But he's done a very nice job with it. Yeah, point in, maybe it's a little inside football, but how do you guys operate as defensive coaches when, say, Justin Reed comes up to your level or, you know, Leo's going to play on the line? How do you guys kind of work through that in practice? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and a lot of different staffs would handle that differently. You know, um, I think we've got a really great group of coaches on the defensive side of the ball. I think we've got guys that have versatility in what they've worked with. So, you know, when Justin comes in and is in a linebacker role, let's say, you know, he's still in the secondary room. They're kind of coaching him through those particular calls, you know, and uh, the same would be for Leo when he's in those capacities. Um, we've used some of the ends. Mike Dana, you brought up a moment ago, is end up, up in a couple of linebacker-type capacities. You know, uh, that just gets coached out of the defensive line room. What are the keys when uh, – in your room or just in the entire defense, when you're facing a team that's had some struggles offensively, how do you keep a struggling team struggling? And what's the message about like not letting up? Well, I would say this, you know, uh, I don't know that I would say they're struggling. I would say there's a number of things that they do really well. Um, you know, run the ball first and foremost. They got two really good backs. Um, the, the wideout Wilson is a, a game breaking type of guy. He's explosive, he's dynamic. Like when he gets the ball, he's got a chance to go the distance every time he touches it. Um, you know, the quarterback has got a big arm. 
you know, when you see him throw and with rhythm and timing and he knows where he's going with the ball, it looks pretty good. Um, so they present their fair share of challenges. There's no question. Um, what I would say, though, is our focus always is going to be on us. And, you know, this deal is not necessarily about, um, you know, one game. It's about us improving and getting better each and every week to be where we at, where we want to be at when it matters most. Um, so there's a couple of elements there, you know. Um, this, this Jets outfit, I would tell you, um, whatever the statistics and the numbers are, they're better than what that paper says. How are you talking with your linebackers this week about setting the tempo but not giving them windows by fighting Yeah, there's a fine line there, right? Because stopping the run uh, obviously needs to be paramount in this game. But uh, they do a nice job with their play-action game. And they get guys into those intermediate levels where you're sucked up on the play-action. We're going to have to do a good job in those moments of recognizing the play-action quickly so we don't get uh, you know, further into the line of scrimmage than we need to be. And then also punching out with some urgency and finding routes, particularly finding where 17 is. Um, not that the other guys aren't capable, but, um, you know, that guy's you know, special. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thanks. Have a great day, guys. Thanks.